0: Okay, everybody, it's uh, hard to believe, but we are on the cusp of Memorial Day weekend. Uh, what an adventurous last two months this has be, be, become, or is, I uh, don't even, uh, I've run out of superlatives to kind of explain it, but uh, nonetheless, we're here, it was a beautiful day, Wiz, good afternoon, happy Thursday to you, how are you doing today? Excellent. Good
1: afternoon to you as well. Yeah, doing pretty well. Weather's uh, nice. I think I saw something for the extended forecast. It's going to be summertime weather uh, next week. It's going to get up into the eighties uh, uh, at wow. some point next. week. So uh, yeah, looking uh, weather's looking a little warmer. And now let's hope uh, there's more optimism. Uh, you know that uh, that continues in terms of uh, the chances that there will be sports soon.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, I'm kind of excited because you you are hearing that optimism. And, you know, I certainly pray and hope that, that you know, obviously what we were, we were all dealing with early on in March and during April and most of this month, uh, you know, it's been a challenge for everyone. And uh, we know there's people that are fighting hard on the front lines every single day still. Uh, so we don't want to take that lightly. Um, but hopefully this virus is going through its cycle and, and and Going to near its its cycle end, you know. Before, obviously, we'll have to worry about this most likely again in the fall. But, uh but I thought w- one of the things that we kind of wanted to do this is kind of a loosey goosey uh, uh, episode on our podcast today. I've got a bunch of things on my mind, and uh, I'm, I'm sure Wiz has a bunch on his. Uh, and, and and I think we're going to kind of shoot the breeze for a little bit and kind of discuss some of those things and. Uh, you know I just want to remind everyone uh, Guru and Wiz are on Spotify we're on iTunes we're on SoundCloud um, we do have an email it's guru and wiz at gmail.com we'd like to hear some suggestions perhaps some episodes on on some shows on on what you'd like to talk about um, but you know we're going to talk about some different things today so i'm gonna, i'm going to start off with this uh, and wiz and i have been talking a little bit about this so certainly we all hope that football is is going to make its appearance in in September it's, it's it's an interesting time. You know, you don't have OTAs. Teams aren't practicing. But you're starting to hear some reports of guys that are starting to work out. Ben Roethlisberger was out there. Brady was working out with his teammates. I was just reading Hayden Hurst was driving back and forth for the last four weeks, throwing a ball with his new quarterback, Matt Ryan. So those sort of things kind of get you excited. Um, you know, Brett, so when you see some of these kind of stories coming through, you know, how do you read into some of those kind of guys throwing and building rapport, especially with a guy like Hurst, for example, who doesn't know Matt Ryan from a hole in the wall before this season? Do you do you kind of key in, key in on some of these little episodes that come up? Is it do you put a little bookmark in your brain? Ah, oh, you know it's interesting to see that sort of stuff going on. I'm just curious how you think about when you hear these kind of little anecdotes that are happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's two separate things going on. One is it kind of lends itself for more of an optimistic view because the players may feel like there's going to be football. And then and then there's the fantasy football perspective. And uh, I think this season is going to be um, – there's, there's going to be a lot of unknown variables um, I'm not sure like how much you would upgrade or downgrade players depending uh, on what you know things you read about that but you know it certainly can't hurt to have somebody like Hayden Hurst you know getting a, a rapport with Matt Ryan but uh, it's, it's definitely interesting uh, and it lends itself like for two different things one you know that it, it, you know the optimism is it continues that there will be football and then you know just trying to see how that relates to the upcoming fantasy football season because it is just going to be so unusual to try and make heads and tails of this and figure this out especially with these rookies who it's it seems they're going to have a a real uphill climb trying to understand the playbook
0: you know that's a that's a great point and i was just about to talk about new coaches but i'll i'll Let's move to the rookie side of this. So so normally we would have rookie OTA, r- rookie camps, uh, you know, OTAs that were going on. So there's really no opportunity for players to kind of, other than the Zoom things that are kind of going on right now, for them to kind of put themselves and immerse themselves into football as they normally would. Is, is this perhaps a season you know, for rookies that – maybe they're, they don't have the impact that they they normally would have? Because the last few years we've seen rookies, especially the receiver position, they, they come into the NFL a little bit more polished. The, the, the passing game has evolved a lot more. So we used to wait three years for wide receivers to show up. They're starting to show up a little bit more in year one and year two. Um, so is there is there a situation here where uh, there's a possibility that actually some – some unsigned veterans may have a little bit of an advantage because they know what the NFL camp's about, and this may be a little bit more challenging for rookies this year?
1: Yeah, definitely as a whole, yes. But I think in terms of the rookies, it's not like a one-size-fits-all because just certain positions, and and for these rookie quarterbacks – Wow. I mean, you're talking about having to understand a lot of different things. Uh, what the, You know, there are some new quarterbacks that are coming in with new coaching staff. And it, I just think it's going to not set them back as a player or their growth, but just may set the timeline back of when they're going to get integrated and actually start, you know, Playing and 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 starting, I think uh, some of these quarterbacks. You know, may may get pushed back to where uh, they have to either sit out the entire season, you know, on the bench, or half the season. Normally, where they, you know, would have had a more of a likelihood of getting in there. So I think the quarterbacks are really in for an uphill climb because they have to, you know, have to really get a grasp of a lot of things. But certain positions, I think the transition will be a little easier. But certainly, as a whole, it's it's a different it's a different world for these rookie quarterbacks coming into the NFL this year.
0: And how about the, how about the teams and I, I don't disagree. How about, how about the teams that are dealing with new coaching staffs and perhaps new coordinators, new offensive systems. How how are you looking at that? Is that going to, you know, potentially impact your your, you know, ratings on players? Are you going to be a little bit more hesitant to kind of stick to the you know, New Orleans Saints, for example, it's a, it's an institution that's been in place for a while in, in terms of Sean Payton, as opposed to, you know, Joe Judge starting with the Giants you know, with, with a new offensive coordinator, you know, and Daniel Jones has to learn a new system with a different guy. You know, does that kind of potentially impact your thinking in terms of ranking of players this year?
1: Uh, somewhat, but I think from a standpoint of, I think it'll it'll affect more uh, more team-wise if you're somebody who's interested in making a wager on under/overs on wins for teams or to win the Super Bowl or the division or the you know the AFC or the NFC I mean the Saints have a big advantage I mean they have the same quarterback and coach in place for years have a veteran laden team. They didn't have that many picks in the draft, which is usually not a good thing, especially in a draft that has such great talent like this past draft. But their 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 roster makeup is is not at all different, and their transition into the NFL, if it has to be quickly or has to be limited, they have a real advantage over just about every team in the league so from a fantasy perspective maybe not so much because a great player is a great player um, irrespective of of time he missed, I think it will affect the rookies. But as far as like just teams, and when you're analyzing who's going to do well, um, I think some of these teams that have had the same system in place for a while, like the Saints, have have a pretty big advantage.
0: Yeah, I think I I, I kind of wanted to touch on that at some point in time. Maybe we'll do an episode on that because you and I always like to play around with you know here and there whether it's lines or over unders on wins and stuff like that. There was a few of those over under win totals, I have to say, that I looked at, and I was, you know, obviously there's a lot of variables that go into that, but I thought there were some very interesting calls. Uh, I'm not sure that I want to talk about just yet, because I haven't actually placed those bets, but <laughs> here in New Jersey, we have the ability, uh, thankfully, um, you know, the, with uh, the sportsbook, DraftKings New Jersey, actually, you're still able to, you're able to wager in sports here. Um, I, by the way, my personal view is you're going to see a very rapid proliferation of, 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 of states' moving to uh, legalized sports gambling. So, you know, I think it's going to be a very interesting time that you're going to see a lot more of these prop bets and all this kind of stuff that becomes a, a much bigger part of the discussion, you know, down the road, I would say. and I, I know you're very well-versed in this, so.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I always look at the... Uh the wagering opportunities before each season starts. And I, I took a, a quick glimpse at uh, some of the, some of the under and overs for each team in terms of wins and who's in the, the win division. And I definitely have some views and some angles that I'm going to implement uh uh, as far as that goes, but you know, uh, getting back to fantasy football in the NFL, you know, I've had a few guys give me a call this past week uh, who, you know, also won their league, and they were asking me, you know, what what it looks like, you know, what you know what what changes do you have to make as a fantasy league, and uh, you know that that's another thing you have to be ready to make some changes and to adapt. Really and evolve what's going on, and so if the NFL has, has says that they have, you know, a 16-game schedule, a 14-game schedule, and even a 12-game schedule in place if that has to, you know, be the case and if it's a 16 game schedule, you know, nothing really changes in the fantasy community. You still use 13 games of the NFL's regular season as the fantasy regular season and then we, you know, the last 3 weeks of the regular season as the fantasy playoffs. And if it's a 14 game schedule, you know, you could if you're in a 12 team league, you could just play every team once and then use the next 3 weeks again as the fantasy football play- but if the NFL goes to a 12-team, 12 12-game 12 schedule, you know, in that case, you can only use nine of the NFL weeks of the regular season for the fantasy regular season. And if you're in a 12-team league like we are, uh, you know, that can pose some issues and problems and things that you need to think about. And also, we just don't know what the environment is going to be looking like at that point. Are people still going to be uncomfortable about having live drafts? I know you and I and a bunch of our friends we love the live drafts. I mean, we look forward to it as many as you know, and be and partake in as many as possible. But if that's not the situation, well, you have to make sure your league is ready and prepared and understand how to do an online auction and that's something that we actually talked about with our very first episode about different kinds of drafts so i hope people listen to that first episode because it may actually you know be helpful but uh you know what do you think about that i mean i know you actually had a, a zoom meeting with your league like even like a month or two ago uh so don't you think, like, leagues and teams have got to get prepared for any kind of scenario?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. So if you look at the NFL schedule, so let's go back to your first point. If you look at the NFL schedule, they did a really ingenious thing. So first off, if you look at week two of the NFL schedule, the teams that are playing their um, opposite uh, opposite team, their opponent of that week, they share the same bye week down the road. So the NFL has, has kind of jumped the gun here and said, oh, well, like, what if we have to start? or delay the season for some reason, they can then move week two in, and and those matchups into those bi-week weeks and have them play in those weeks. So essentially the teams wouldn't have bye weeks So really, really smart uh, on behalf of the NFL. And then the second thing they did in weeks three and four, there is no division opponents playing one another in weeks three and four. So in the event, as you mentioned, that they have to maybe cancel it, they don't lose division games. Those became – so the NFL is clearly thinking about this already. So – as you noted, uh, yes, I think you have to be thinking about it. Certainly, I want to be in a in a yard or a bar or wherever where drafts are conducted, and we're not going to have a, an, an answer on that right this second because the science is going to be uh, what dictates it. And the last thing we want to do is get together with a bunch of people and have everybody get sick as a result of that, uh, of that congregation. So we don't want to see that happen. So as you said, Wiz, we have to – we have to get people thinking about alternatives, and and nothing. I, I look forward to nothing more than a live draft. So, so you know, we are thinking about it, and I think everybody else needs to. That, I didn't really think so lucidly about the twelve game schedule with only nine regular season games. That is some tricky set of circumstances.
1: I hope. yeah, I mean that that could pose that could pose problems. I mean in terms of scheduling. I mean, you know, you could play multiple teams a week. I thought about a different, a few different ideas and scenarios and, and you know, probably we'll put them up for a vote and see what these guys want to do. But like, yeah, these are things that leagues need to do. And, uh, you know, especially if you've never participated in an online auction, it's, it, You know, or, you know, anything online. It's just different. It moves a little quicker. Uh, you really don't have time to, you know, have a conversation like you would a live draft or joke around, go to the drink, go to the bathroom. I mean, you know, there, you know, you can take breaks, uh, schedule breaks if the commissioner sets it up like that, but it's just a really different type of thing. And you got to get yourself acclimated and your league needs to start talking about and thinking about what possible scenarios are. you know, lie ahead.
0: Yeah, and I think you know you got to be ready for anything. You know, this is and getting in in touch with the people in your league now is probably a smart thing to do uh, to to think about those sort of things. So, I, I, I glad you, you had something to say. Yeah. You know, what I was, was going to add is, you know, I, the
1: question that I get asked more, most often is like. Oh, what are some of the things to, you know, telltale signs? What are the things to look at to think, you know, if there's going to be an NFL season, What you know, how it's going to be. And, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's, what, the, what things, you know, that you see uh, brings you optimism that's going to be uh, that there's going to be a season. And I know my, my answer to this is going to sound strange, but this is the way I look at it. I think the best, Chance and the best optimism I have that the NFL will have a season and, you know, whatever, if it needs to be pushed back a few weeks, a month, whatever. But the thing that I'm looking for is other sports giving it a try. Because, number one, we know that the NFL has an advantage in terms of time. But the real advantage that the NFL has is to see what works, and what doesn't work what sports do for testing what they do for social distancing how do they handle it if there's a a positive case what what they do so i think if you're somebody who's hoping and hoping that the nfl season will take place what you really want to see is nascar and the ufc continue and golf get back and Baseball and basketball, give it a shot, and the NFL could see what all of these sports have done, what they were successful at, what they weren't, and then the NFL could improve on what was successful and remove and, 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 and figure out some of the sports where they went wrong. So that's what we need to see. We need these other sports to really give it a shot, and hopefully they'll be successful. And uh, that, that, in my opinion, will be the bridge for the NFL to have their season.
0: Yeah, and, and and you listen to some of the state governors, they I think we were a little nervous like people had kept bringing up California for example, and and now California seems to be looking at things in a little bit more relaxed way. But uh, to your point Yeah, you've got the opportunity to kind of take a look at things. Some colleges are doing some unique things, right? I don't know if you saw this, that Notre Dame will have their students return back on on August 9th, super early. No kid wants to see their summer end that early. Um, They will not allow any travel of their students to go back until Thanksgiving. That's when the semester will end. So maybe there's some hope still for college football. I know we've talked a little bit about that, and, and yeah, so we have to watch how this evolves. You know, I wondered also what happens in the event if, if one guy gets sick, you know, uh, uh, with untimely catching of the um, of the virus, and you know, is, is one player enough to to cancel a game? Or do you need to see it on on a you know a bigger scale? And how that impacts fantasy because you could have end up having games canceled. You know, is there something that we have to think about? where all of a sudden you've got four games that get canceled in a week and you already have teams on bye week and you're dealing with an even more restricted roster. Do you think there's something that potentially needs to be put into place to be prepared for something like that? I mean, I, I don't even know what to do in that situation. Do you? Do, does every league have to consider having an injured list so they can move players onto that? Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, this is such uncharted territories
1: that it's kind of, kind of be like, you know, play it by ear and, 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 and then, you know, go and see what happens, uh, take, take baby steps. But to your point, yeah, I think all of those things potentially could happen. I mean, if an NFL, you know, just, it doesn't really matter if it's an NFL or a college, but I'm just saying under a scenario where a quarterback I'm just giving one situation. There's probably about 50 billion scenarios you could get, but one would be the the one that I think I was at. You could have a quarterback who gets ill and then the quarterback, you know, contact tracing, who he's been, he's probably been in contact with the other quarterbacks in the quarterback room. And it's probably who he has the, the most time spent with. And then if a team's quarterbacks, they don't have a quarterback to play, what, what do you do there? I mean, so I, I think, you know, everything's on the table of potentially what could happen. Um, uh, yeah, it, you, you just don't know. We hope that somebody like in 15 minutes, you know, creates a vaccine, but uh, unlikely to happen, unlikely to happen before the start of the NFL season starts. So all those scenarios can take place. You have to just try and do your best to figure it out. And uh, I'm sure, you know, Roger Goodell is, uh, is is thinking about all of those things.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I was even actually thinking one step further. Like you, you look at some of the older head coaches in the league. Are we potentially looking at a situation like the NFL really wanted to take a a situation seriously where in some instances, those coaches would not be permitted on the sidelines with their team. Is that an outrageous, is that an outrageous uh, situation? I I don't think so. You know, some of the older head coaches may have to coach from uh, upstairs. I think that's a possibility. I think, yeah, I think in
1: the grand scheme of things, that wouldn't be you know something so outrageous or if that if they would have to do that, yeah, i mean it definitely it definitely can happen something you have to consider and think about it, but uh, yeah, we just hope that uh some of these other sports give it a go and they're successful, and the n f l can take from that and then you know and and then implement their own their own kind of strategies i I've seen stuff that they're gonna put like uh. the the mask uh, are going to have some protective gear on them. So they're, they're thinking about all sorts of creative ways and, uh, and only time will tell, but uh, you know, we, we have to stay optimistic and uh, hope for the best, I think.
0: Yeah. And I I think you and I have, have definitely given the NFL the benefit of the doubt. As you mentioned a, a number of times, the NFL was thought not to be able to pull off a number of different things and they did it all. So, uh, these guys are thinking about everything. So I just, I just want to switch gears here to, to actual football and, and, and players. So there are a lot of veteran players that, that are left unsigned, and I, and I know the last couple of days we, we've seen some rumors of those players. Uh, I think you love to call this player Melonhead, and that's Devonta Freeman. He's he he's appeared in a few different rumors, going to a couple of different places, and, and we know there's still some some depth charts that that need some work because players are returning back from injuries, or or, or there there are some young guys out there. When you look at something like a Devonta Freeman or a Carlos Hyde, who, who last year ran for a thousand thousand yards, do you expect these players to kind of land on rosters at some point in time before camps start to break? Um, you know, still guys like Clowney are not signed. You know, are we still going to see some action? Is this st- stuff that we need to pay attention to? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. De- well, yes,
1: definitely. To answer your question directly. And uh, one team that is going to sign a player for sure guaranteed is going to be the Seahawks. I don't know which player it's going to be. I could see a scenario where it's tied. I could see a scenario where it's Freeman. Uh, I could see a an area where Shady McCoy if someone said to me okay place a bet you know right now which one I gotta think that Freeman probably is probably looked upon as the best option of those three so I think Freeman I think Seattle will sign one of those three guys Um, I think that'll that'll happen fairly quickly in the next week or so uh, that they will sign one of those guys but you know there's some intriguing things going on like I think people find it the Cam Newton situation fascinating. Um, he put out a workout video, um, and I, I think you know people are kind of uh, you know funneled uh, about what's happened with him, where he's going to end up, will he, you know, will he play this season? Um, you know, certainly if there's some sort of an injury takes place, I guess he becomes, you know, that more attractive to a team. But I don't know what, what would you say it is right now with Cam Newton. Uh, would you? How would you break it down? Would you say it's more? People are concerned about the injuries or people are more concerned about the kind of the the, the, the act that you get, if you will, if you have Cam Newton. So where do you think it is with teams? Of course, it's impossible to know. I guess I'm just asking you to take a guess at it. But what is it The more of the injury concern or the kind of drama and stuff that you're getting with that player?
0: Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of questions on on uh, on the player's desire to, to continue playing. He's been playing hurt, right? Playing hurt is never easy. And and, and for him, we're a guy was very dependent for his success on his legs. That became less a part of the part of the game for him. He was playing hurt with a leg injury last year. The year before that was the shoulder injury. So he's he's had a lot of problems here. So I think obviously you can't examine guys the same way with with the restrictions that are in place, but I do think it's a combination of the injuries and the kind of mystique around around the player. I mean, as a former NFL MVP, number 1 pick. A lot of the chairs have been filled out there, at least for now. But it's kind of weird that that he's not on a team right now. It is a very strange – not that there's a seat at the table, because you have a lot of – you know guys have been drafted, guys have been signed. Uh, there's not a lot of places for him to go as we sit here today. Maybe he's just waiting for the exact right opportunity personally. Um, but I think teams have been a bit hesitant on him. He's not been the same player the last couple of years, that's for sure. No there's,
1: no, there's there's no question about that. I I think I, I'm interested to see how that one plays out. It just like musical chairs. I just don't know, you know, when the music stops where he sits down and where there's going to be a chair for him, uh, you know, ex- except if, you know, there's an unfortunate injury to somebody's depth chart. But one, one other thing I just wanted to mention about a, a free agent that did sign a while back is, you know, James Winston has not made a lot of smart decisions in, you know, in his life. You know, going back to his days at Florida State, he – made some poor choices, poor decisions, Uh, you know, no one quite knows to the extent of what he actually did, you know, uh, court cases and then, you know, some on the field as a quarterback. But I'm going to tell you something. Whoever helped him, if it was him or an agent or family or friends, signing with the Saints is really a clever and smart, solid, and most sound decision he's made as a pro and one of the best he's probably made in his entire life. He had to see what took place for Teddy Bridgewater. He probably feels and probably rightfully so that he's a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. So he watched Bridgewater, sit in that system, get a chance to play, and then when the opportunity arose for Bridgewater, he got a truckload of money to play with another team. So the goal and, you know, watch what Drew Brees does and watch how Sean Payton runs his offense and to learn and sit in that quarterback room for a year is going to do wonders for him. And I think, you know, it's the smartest and soundest decision that he's made.
0: Yeah, you can only hope he he does. And, you know... Breeze is an older quarterback last year. He missed five games. Bridgewater really got in there, and, you know, they kind of had training wheels on him the first couple of games, but he let it rip the last three games he was quarterbacking that team. They didn't lose. They didn't lose a step, and, you know, it's a great spot. I agree. It's a great spot. Very intrigued by, by what that team did. If Breeze went down, you believe that Winston would quarterback it this year? Is that is that your view? I'm not Necessarily sure about that. I think long term they're gonna,
1: you know, they're they're gonna go with Taysom Hill. But even if like it's a combo of Breeze and Hill and Winston barely steps on the field, I think he'll be a starting uh, starting quarterback somewhere in 2021. And he made a great decision. And I, I know you like the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, uh, and I liked what he showed at the end of last season. So let me just share quickly about that one. How do you see that kind of with the Dak Prescott thing? Do you you think that more cuz it's just too ways a player can respond to that and I'm talking about you know from Dak Prescott's point of view is it like competition and is going to actually elevate his game or can he be bothered by it can he feel frustrated that he can't get something long-term done with the Cowboys And you know not so much talking about how his players play is going to end up being well where, where do you think the mindset of Dak Prescott is on the heels of the Andy Dalton signing
0: yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I, look, I think he still overall has a good line of communication. You listen to, I've listened to interviews with um, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones. I, I look, they like the players still. They have tons of offensive talent. We know Prescott had a great year. You you were you were very uh, very much the soothsayer last year and expecting him to really do that. I don't know why this long term contract has not been, been settled yet. Uh, you know, maybe it has something to do with the with the, the, the next set of player contract where he has the ability to make more money down the road, but I personally don't think it lights a fire in in him in any way, shape or form. I think that the great thing that the Cowboys have is the luxury of if you know, look, Prescott has stayed healthy for his career, but the luxury if he does go down to have a competent guy like Andy Dalton waiting in the wings, I think, is the best part of this whole thing. I don't necessarily think it puts pressure on on Prescott, nor does he think of it in that way. I think the I think Prescott's pretty confident in his abilities, which is why he's held out as long as he has for for more money. So I'm not really worried about it from that perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, Prescott teams. Um one of these guys that's kind of unflappable in terms of that sense. Like it's just not going to affect his on the field play. I thought, you know, in terms of the signing, I didn't look at it as like a a slap to the face of Dak Prescott. I looked at it as, you know, the Cowboys, you know, putting a, making a really good signing in case of something were to happen. They have a guy there that, you know, could lead them. And, you know, they, they feel that they have a, a team that is certainly you know, can make the playoffs, win the division and win a few games in the playoffs. So I, I think it made all the sense in the world for the Cowboys. Uh, I'm just wondering how the whole thing plays out. If he ends up getting that deal, uh, if it happens, you um, you know and how and how that and how that whole thing transpires this year for the Cowboys and uh, I guess another one that's really going to be a soap opera is you know the Green Bay Packers uh, we're ready starting you know where Brett Favre is now getting involved and you know giving his two cents yeah I never thought I'd see the day where Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are allies you know you never thought you'd see you know see the day uh, you know that that would happen especially uh, when Brett Favre was at the tail end of his career and Aaron Rodgers as a young player. But, you know, that one has got all the makings of being, you know, a a real disaster. Um, Well, well, you know, how do you think that one plays out considering the frustration, uh, you know, the new coach, um, you know, young coach, their first pick, they trade up, they lose a pick to get – uh, a rookie quarterback, when they, you know, Aaron Rodgers, it was, you know, obviously wanted them to take some players that could have been helped on offense in, in a in a draft that was laden with wide receiver talent. What do you think, what do you think the the soap opera that is, you know, the Green Bay Packers looks like this year?
0: I know you were worried about this team before before any of this even started to happen, and obviously things have kind of transformed even further. It's amazing that we're talking about a team that won 13 games and and fell one game short of the Super Bowl. You you wouldn't think that would be the case. I I think the one thing that's... I can't read people's minds when I watch games, but certainly when you watched Aaron Rodgers last year, uh, you know, I, you, you looked at them and the, 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 kind of the motions and the grimaces and stuff, it wasn't really appealing. I, I didn't like what I saw last year. And then you add now this fuel of, of love being taken. It, it, and now, you, uh, you, and, and as you mentioned, Favre getting involved, it just does not seem like a good situation and just a distraction. It's probably a good thing that they're not in camp right now, but I, it, doesn't look like it's going to shake out very well. And uh, there are concerns, you know, going into the season to begin with. Not to say that they can't perform at high levels. They have they have really talented offensive players, guys like Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. And Rodgers is, you know, this is a quarterback that did throw 27 touchdowns and, and only four interceptions last year. But you just wonder just how this weighs. It's just, to me, it's a situation to avoid. My, my personal view is that there's going to be a number of guys that are going to take a chance on Aaron Rodgers as a, as a kind of a bargain quarterback this year. And that might be a great move, actually. But I, you know, I'll probably let somebody else do that. I just don't want to deal with watching his face uh, doing uh, Jake Cutler imitations out there.
1: Yeah, he, he looks like he's unhappy often when he's when he's playing. But, uh, yeah, in terms of value, that's something that we're going to get to. Uh you know, about players, you know, when when there's so much talk one way or another that the value becomes either outrageously high or outrageously low enough. You could be on the money there about Aaron Rodgers where, like, you know, the talk is so, you know, like he's so disgruntled there in Green Bay and they didn't get any offensive players that he could get to a point where he is – you're Really good value. You know, we'll, we'll we'll see how that plays out, but that's something that we're going to you know definitely get to uh, specific about values and 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 all that stuff going down the road. I just think it's going to be interesting to see what happens if Green Bay gets off to a slow start uh, this year.
0: And I think the last thing I want to wrap up on, uh, you know, this is a time of the year where you see just lots of news blurbs coming out. Like just today, a number of players get, maybe the last two days, I saw things on Chris Herndon, the tight end from the Jets, who I do like. He was hurt all last year. McCole Hardman maybe returning less punts because he's going to be a bigger part of the offense. You know, Preston Williams getting ready for the season. Sean McVay talking about a three-headed monster at running back. And then on the flip side, you've got all these issues where guys are getting into legal troubles and how that potentially impacts you know, and for this instance, it's the giant defense that gets impacted by Baker, Quentin Dunbar with Seattle, Ed Oliver for Buffalo. That's a huge thing. How, when you're hearing these little blurbs kind of go around, are you making little footnotes? I'm, I know I'm making little footnotes. You know, I just put little marks next to the thing. This guy said that. How do you kind of – I know I talked about two different situations, guys that are getting legal troubles, and then there's – all these guys that are being talked about in different ways as as potentially amplifying their performance for the coming year. Are you starting to note these things? Do you care about them? Is it just noise? How do you filter it?
1: Yeah, I think I break it down in two separate categories when it comes to the players that I'm talking about where you hear things about it. Sean McVay says this, and they're about Herndon and, and that. So the, the, the two things that I really pay attention to is about the health of a player. If a player is coming back and he's doing things and he's, he's working out and there's video of him and he's on track, that I'm interested. The talk, I haven't found a sincere coach in a long time I mean these guys are three headed monster And then you know one guy gets 28 carries and the other two guys get Three carries each so I'm not that's all that that's Kind of noise to me that's like Just a distraction I think People you know could, could find interesting But I'm not paying much attention to That I'm more interested in News about a player that Was hurt coming back I'm very interested to see What's going on with those Seattle running back news I hear about that. I'm starting to think, you know, that they have a view about that, if they're really interested in signing Freeman or Hyde. So that's the thing I'm, I'm considering uh, as far as the players, you know, coming back and the news about, you know, who's going to be where on the depth chart. As far as the other thing you mentioned, like some of these guys, they seem to be social distancing themselves from their brain. That's what they seem to be doing. Uh i don't understand some of these guys what they're doing just stay home try and learn the football try and learn the playbook try and contact the veterans speak i don't understand what some of these guys are doing doesn't uh it's it's it's, it's disheartening to read and see um you know it's, it's it doesn't make any sense there should count themselves as lucky to be able to make such a good living playing a sport that everybody loves and would love to be in that position. And, uh, you know, they're going out and they're, and they're doing these things and it's not just like a one-off or a rarity, you know, you're saying it happen way more often than it should. And I know you're, you know, you've been flying off the handle about these guys and their and their poor choices.
0: It's just incredible. You know, Pat Pat Kernan, uh, who's an NFL radio host, he he calls it silly season, and he says, "Look, this has nothing to do with the coronavirus. This is these are guys just being stupid." And, you know, there's no tolerance for this kind of stuff. And it's a big impact. Like the Giants were expecting DeAndre Baker to be a starting safety this year, which you wonder, uh, starting cornerback, excuse me, and you wonder does this move the Giants to potentially sign somebody that's, that's available out there, whether it's a, a guy like um, uh, Ryan Logan or something like that. I don't know, but it's, it, it's bad. And at and, and Oliver, you know, here's the Bills with a premier defense. That guy's getting suspended for a bunch of games. And that's a problem. You know, that's a that you know, that's a player that you don't want to lose. So, you know, does that affect the Buffalo Bills defense a little bit? Yeah, you know, it could, could definitely do so. Could definitely do so. I, I can't I, I can't stand it. My head explodes when I see this stuff. It just makes me crazy. Um Yeah,
1: the Ed Alba run was uh, oh. that was uh that was uh I know, yeah, you couldn't have been happy about that, especially considering that that you're you're Thinking about keeping uh, the Buffalo Bills in your dynasty league that you're in against? Yeah, that's uh, uh,
0: probably not going to happen. Now it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, so you know it's it's it's
1: ridiculous. There's no excuse for it. It's it's just one of these things you could shake your head about. But you know, as much as you hate to say it, it really could be impactful in terms of fantasy football, you know, some of these guys and you know how they uh, affect their team and their defense. And Ed Oliver, uh, you know, a young player coming off a such a good rookie year, it's really uh pretty pretty astonishing to see these kind of things. Just uh just just, just awful. But uh, you know it's uh, it's you know nothing, nothing surprising really anymore when you see these things.
0: No. So la- la- lastly, so we're we're probably about two months, right? We're we're, we're if 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 all goes according to plan, um, training camps will open. Are you starting to play around with your lists a little bit? Like, are you? Is this something that you kind of look at daily? I, I know I got a partner in one of my other league. Uh, Magic Mike Meadows. He loves to give me calls every night, asking me uh, how much you think this guy's going to be. Uh, who's going to be our quarterbacks this year? Like this guy's. This guy's laser focused at the moment. Are, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. It gets you. It gets my blood. My blood rolling along. But um, are you starting to look at, are you starting to look, uh, you know, is is there a section of players that you're starting to focus on? Uh, Do you kind of, are you starting to form some definitive views or do you need a lot more information at this point in time? Uh, Kind of how are you thinking about that going, you know, as you're forming your lists?
1: Well, what I'm doing is I'm taking my material that notes that I wrote at the conclusion of last season. And then I'm combining it with like the depth charts and some of the things I'm hearing and saying about players and where they may be, uh, you know, uh, they, their health and some notes I took. So I, I am, but not so much like thinking about rankings. I'm just doing kind of where I was at the end of last year with my notes and thoughts on players and players that I really expect some drastic improvement on and some things that I liked and some things that I didn't see. And then I'm just combining that with like some of the information that's out there, and I'm using that to either reinforce some positive thoughts Uh, give me more confidence about some negative thoughts that I've had about some players so that's what I'm doing with that it's like a sculpture and you're just starting out and then you hope come September when you're sitting down for these drafts you got the sculpture of what you really want to do when you go out there and execute it. So I would say if you want to like use that as the analogy, I'm building it slowly and starting, but yeah, you, you, it, it's on the way. And if you're not paying attention, like our buddy Jimmy, you know, you're going to have some bad
0: drafts, which he does often. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you cannot walk into this thing. Two weeks before the season is going to start late August and think that you're going to walk in there and know, and you're going to be able to outperform. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. This guy's leaning over to me, asking me who the backup is on certain running backs. Can you believe this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean just, you know, we could just end it on this. You know, for everyone out there listening, it's never, ever a good sign if it's getting close to June 1st and someone's not quite sure what team Tom Brady's on, it's never a good sign. <laughs> never a good sign.
0: All right, well, this has been fun. Uh, passing a little time here, Memorial Day. Everybody be safe, be smart. As they say on the signs here in New Jersey, don't be a knucklehead. Uh, continue to... Be safe, okay? Uh, Wiz, I'll wish you a very good Memorial Day weekend.
1: Yeah, you do the same, and the NFL is going to keep rolling, and we're going to
0: keep doing that with the podcast as well. Awesome. Take care.